Hey, everybody, it's Andrea. Before we start today's show, I have a super quick announcement to share with all of you. Beginning in April, I'm going to be launching a series of college to career live weekend boot camps to help graduating seniors as well as juniors who are confused about what jobs or careers they might want to pursue when they graduate. So imagine going from confused to confident with at least three different career options you'd be psyched to explore by the end of day one of the boot camp. And then learning the tools, tactics, and the strategies to find those jobs by the end of day two. The boot camp is live and it's led by me over Zoom. And you can learn more about it at College to Career Academy. That's college, the number two, career dot academy. Or you can just look me up on LinkedIn and check out the featured section of my LinkedIn page. I can't imagine a better graduation gift for the college students in your life. Thanks so much for listening, and I know you're going to enjoy my next incredible guest. Hi there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or 10 minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, Dan Mien. You have also been super candid on LinkedIn, which is how he and I met, and other social media about your own experience getting into this scheme in the first place. And you shared that the first time around, remember Dan graduated in 2015 when he had just graduated from university, he sent out anywhere between, I guess, 20 or 30 applications to different more. Oh, and some, yeah. And some, okay. And <laughs> All of them were rejected. Yeah. What did you learn from that experience, Dan? And what advice can you share with our young listeners about how to increase their chances for success in the application process, whether it's for a grad scheme or for any job, any job application? Absolutely. And I learned a huge amount from that time in that process i think that i would actually like to note that i was rejected twice from bt before actually joining them <laughs> first thing i'd probably say is don't give up don't give up on your dream if you have a dream stick to it i suppose some mistakes i was making from that year to the following year where i really redefine and refocus my job search strategy and you know improve my my resume and all the rest of it that went into me securing that bt role First of all, I took a scattergun approach to my applications. I was all over the place. I was applying to everything and anything. I had no focus, no real clue about what I was, what I was applying to. I was looking at the name of the company, the salary, and thinking, yeah, that sounds cool. And I'd send my, my CV off, you know, just like that. And I was playing the numbers game. And it's not a numbers game. It's a quality game, 100%. That's, 
be key learning for me is focus your attention and your mind on what you want, whether it's an industry or a set of companies, a particular role, and go for quality over quantity. Some other learnings would be that I was looking at totally the wrong things. To be honest, I was focusing on salary and progression opportunity. I was looking at what can this company give me? And that's the wrong attitude to have. You know, it, it's yes, what what can they give me in terms of progression and skills and all the rest of it? But why do I want to work for them? And why? how, how would we fit together? That was like the totally sort of did a 180 flip on my mindset is when I start really researching the following year on values, on culture, on their products and services. Can I really get behind their mission statement? And what else can I read about the company that will show me whether it's right for me? So I was no longer trying to, I suppose, just take this scattergun approach and mold myself to a company. I understood my own values at that point. I knew what I was looking for because of my experience just before that. And I've identified and fitted in the company and that's what really helped me through the entire process so that's more from a strategy perspective of how to approach the job search mindset is the other one i think that's really important so rejection is hard and it, it does knock you it knocks your confidence and it knocks your belief in yourself you know and i got myself into a difficult place with that but no one else is going to help me i had to help myself so you have to find it within you to pick yourself out of that place and it can be done you know, you can do it. That's that's one thing is I was probably, I was rock bottom at one point, pulled myself out of the ground and got, achieved that, that dream job. A mindset is really important. You know, you have to believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, how do you expect an employer to? That's the way I look at that. And then the other one is your positioning. How are you positioning yourself to get into these companies? Because I look back at my resume when I came out of graduate, you know, university, when I graduated and I look at it the following year and I was thinking, what was I doing? <laughs> What on earth was I doing with that CV? Why? Um, what was wrong with it? Oh, it was just terrible. Uh, it was too descriptive. I didn't show any impact, zero achievements, zero quantifiable results. I wasn't selling myself in the best way. It wasn't tailored to job descriptions. Same with my cover letter. I sent the same cover letter to pretty much every company, just switch out the company name, thinking that was going to work. So a reflection on yourself, looking really within you at what you've done in past roles and taking the key achievements from them and then being able to put that onto paper is what's going to really help. So it's a combination of all those things, really. I know that's quite a lot. <laughs> no, I, that's, you know, fantastic. I think though, and you totally get this, for a university student, so many of them feel they haven't done anything yet. They haven't been in the real world. Maybe they've had a part-time job, they've done volunteer work, they've been involved in extracurriculars, and they don't see that as being transferable. And what do you want to tell them? I say that no experience is bad experience. Every single experience that you've had, you would have gained skills and you would have added value. You just might be too close to it to think about it in that way. And that's what I do a lot is, is trying to re, refocus people and change their perspective on what they've done. You know, when I'm asking questions to people, I'll give you a perfect example. You know, I had a guy who had a part-time role in a company and it was an environmental company that he was doing some research for. You know, on his CV, he just, he just wrote something like research project. I said, well, what's this about then? That brought to me, what's this research project? And he said, well, I just, I just did some, some research for something in Africa. So, okay, what was it? You know, there was a village that needed water. So I was looking at where we could potentially put a hydroelectric power station. He goes, yeah. And I was like, what exactly did you do for it? Well, I, um, I spoke to this government agent in Africa. I looked at the location, the 
low lying land, high lying, you know, flat land, all this kind of stuff. Looked at some of the technical stuff. I worked with X, Y, and Z, and I produced this like three page document. And where did that document go? Well, that went into a wider report. Okay, cool. And where did the report go? Well, my manager who presented it to the CEO. And what did the CEO do for that, with that report? He took it to the UN to propose a 15 million pound project. And what happened with the project? Well, I got approved and they're building it right now. So I said, okay, so let me get this straight. Your research project has now meant that there is a village in Africa that can get clean, accessible water, which is a 15 million pound project. How many people are getting water? It's like thousands of people. Yes, you've had a massive impact, right? You're just looking at it from your level. You're not putting any value and emphasis on what you've done. Your research has really made a difference here. It's, it's showing them locations, it's done all this other stuff. And he goes, I did not think about it like that. That's incredible. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> he's like, I would hire me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How do you feel now? Confident as hell. You know, I've done some really cool stuff. And that's just one conversation. This happens constantly, constantly. And it's, it's any type of experience, really. You know, that's probably a unique experience for someone to have. But quite a common experience is for people to work in resale stores, okay, on the shop floor, you know, shops and that kind of thing. And a good example would be, you know, if you're a sales assistant on a shop floor and you have, well, they would just write sales assistant on a shop floor. That's about it. And think, well, I'll just hang some clothes up and chat to some people. But in reality, from a commercial perspective, you're adding huge value to this business. Let's break it down. So how many people come into the store? Okay, 100. Of those 100 people, how many do you speak to, ask questions and recommend a product that they go on to buy? Probably 50%. Okay, great. Is that per day? Yeah. So you've got 50 people a day that you're now communicating with, influencing that could potentially go and buy a product or service off you. What's the average value of one of those products in your store? 10 pounds or $10 for the Americans, right? So now you're looking at 500 pounds a day that you're putting into that business from being you, from being a good communicator, a great influencer, a great listener, right? Oh, that's interesting. How many days do you work? Five days a week. Let's do the maths then. How, how much value you put into that business over a year? And it's a lot of money. I'm not going to do the math right now, but so yes, you are valuable. You are important. Do your other colleagues do this? No, I'm the best. I'd say, you know, my manager always puts me on the front in the shop floor. I'm always chatting to customers. So you're the most valuable person from a top level. Yeah. They don't want to lose you because look how much value you're putting into the business now. And they're like, Oh my God, they need to pay me more. <laughs> exactly. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.